Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Binge boys in your ears so hard right now. <laughs> oh wow, how about That's, that energy uh, on? That, I was Hard like, I don't know. Gate. Hal, do you want to do a huge rail right before we start GarageBand? You were just like, I'm going for it. I've been up 36 hours. Halon is the vein in my forehead (laughs) looking like it's going to burst. Yeah, if you've seen Pump Up the Volume, you have a good sense for what Hal looks like in my window right now. Wait, Pump Up the Volume with Christian Slater? Yeah, (laughs) just like intense up all night working the pirate radio station. Yeah. Oh, I've been up all night binging. Sleeves and I- rolled up, baby. You know, pack of smokes in rolled into the sleeve of one arm. Yeah, man. Sweaty. Sweaty as all get out. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Folks, my name is Hal Rudnick. Across from me uh, with his beard, well-groomed, looking handsome as ever, Lon Harris. You uh, wouldn't want to not have an update on exactly how I look. Oh, yes. Uh, wouldn't Lon- be a show. Oh, uh, great to see you. What is that on your shirt? It looks like a barcode from it's my It's not a barcode. It, 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 is a, it is a stylized view of, again, why are we talking about this? But it's it's a Twin Peaks shirt. It's the it's the, the red room from, from Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Listen, you guys I like enjoying to, this in listener land? I like to paint a, I like to paint a mental picture oh, for Every the viewers. The I'm, like, I'm like Garrison Keillor without the Every wandering week. hands. Every week, the same exact thing we got to do. Uh, it's been a quiet leak, uh, week on Lake Wobegon. Oh, you remembered Lake Wobegon. Very good. I saw a Garrison Keillor. I've seen him in person. Like in, I've seen that show, Prairie Hill Companion, live several times. I had an ex who was a big fan, grew up with it in the Midwest. Yeah. Was very nostalgic for it. So we went to go see Garrison Keillor. This was before he was canceled, folks. Sure. We didn't know he was he was harassing young ladies. We just thought charming avuncular gentleman from minnesota if, if we could uh wax on uh uh prairie home companion for a moment uh sure i enjoy i was a fan of it because i listened to a lot of npr i i i saw the robert altman movie prairie i really home didn't companion. know about it until the robert altman movie that was when i was became aware of the radio show to begin with i didn't know who garrison keeler was growing up because you know from from a big city, I'm I'm sophisticated. You know? Oh sure, sure. Me, I'm me, I'm a country bumpkin. I was you know a little me. too metropolitan for for biscuit jokes and uh, ooh, lives of the cowboys. All right, ketchup soup and all that, all his inside jokes. So I, uh, yeah, uh, the Robert Altman movie. It's a little hit and miss. It's enjoyable. You got John C. Riley in there and Meryl Streep and some good performances. But uh, they they were they were anointing someone to take over for Garrison Keillor, and this guy took over for him. I forget his name, and it was a Prairie Home Companion. And then the scandal hit, which was like, you know, uh, Garrison Keillor was a 70-something-year-old man stuck in his ways, and he crossed some lines. I don't want to apologize for him or anything. I don't know all the details. Why would you apologize for Garrison Keillor? Like, why would that even be a question? Why is that? That's not something anyone said you should apologize. For and him. I'm stating right here, I'm not apologizing yeah. for I him. didn't come into this with the expectation that you would apologize on behalf of Garrison Keillor. Lon, you're not going to make me apologize for Garrison <laughs> Keillor. You I know what? Stop, stop now, now I think you should. Now I think maybe you should. Quit. Well, you know what? I'd like to apologize on behalf of Garrison <laughs> yeah, okay, Keillor. Thank you. And the, and the <laughs> residents of Lake Wobegon. <laughs> 
but uh, the, this guy took over for him and then the scandal hit and then they had to they had to just jettison the name Prairie Home Companion. And they were like, oh, what do we call this show? This variety hour, uh, this old timey radio variety hour that was solely based on continuing the franchise of Prairie Home Companion. So it, they changed the name to Live from here, I think it was called. And then the show, it, uh, you know, that spelled the beginning of the end. And that show eventually went the way of the dodo. And yeah, there is there is no more Prairie Home Companion. No more Prairie finally, Home Companion. No more live from here with I think it was Chris Dealey. Chris Dealey, not Chris Delia. That and I'm not going to apologize wow. for him either. You're not going to you know make what? me apologize for Chris Delia. I think you should apologize to all those 14 year olds who got. I would from Chris just Delia. like to apologize on behalf of Chris Delia. Thank you, because he's never going to. So somebody has to. You know what's weird, Chris Delia? Like he was. Like uh, he, he got called out for creeping on underage women. Not just people always say that. Underage that girls. is true. That is true. But it wasn't just underage girls. He got called out for being a creep on a large scale to all sorts of women. We just focused on the younger ones. Yeah, I mean, bad behavior, stuff that yeah. you can't condone and you can't you can't apologize for um, in all seriousness. But then, but, but he then- was, He was you, one of those James Franco, like maniacal, where it was just constant. Yeah, but now, now it, you still, you drive by the Laugh Factory here in Los Angeles and there's his face still, still telling jokes into microphones uninvited to perform. It's, uh, you know, listen, I don't make the rules. I don't know. So what, what you're, you're saying Garrison Keillor should have gotten to keep keep going on the radio? That's your point? I'm saying... Unfair Chris, to Garrison Keillor? I'm, I'm saying Chris Delia, open up for Garrison Keillor, Prairie Home go. Companion Tour 2022 Monsters of Cancellation Tour. Yeah. They're, they're, I feel like their styles of comedy would go together. I think we've hit this topic hard enough. <laughs> now it's time for the news with Lon. Did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, the news with Lon. So I sent you, I, I stopped sending you trailers because this show is entirely too much us describing things we're looking at visually and I, it, it doesn't work <laughs> for me. But I did send you a trailer this week for the, uh, the Marvel series She-Hulk colon attorney at law. Kind of a, a, a nod to Harvey Birdman, I felt like yeah. maybe a little there. Uh, reactions very divided so far. Of course, you've got the internet's love of cartoonishly large, muscular women. Oh, so yes. Like, oh, just carry got, me to safety. Yeah, big, there's a uh, lot. And they. Um, my, and, my big queen. And they knew that. Like, there's that shot of her carrying a large, muscular man because they, they're playing into the, like, oh, you know, stomp on me, big girl, you know, like, internet stuff. Carry me to safety, my 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 big queen. Right. So that, that proved very popular. But, uh, and there are also She-Hulk, a popular comic book, a lot of fans of the character. Tatiana Maslany, so great on Orphan Black, a lot mm -hmm. of fans of her. So there, there was a lot of positivity about it, but there was also a lot of negative criticisms, particularly towards the visual effects, which a lot of people were saying felt maybe not quite done, especially on She-Hulk herself, who's entirely animated in the show. Like, it's not going to be like the old Incredible Hulk show. No. We're just going to have, like, a big Lou Ferrigno guy comes in, or lady in this case, and yeah. is the She-Hulk. It's Tatiana Maslany in her human form, and then... Jennifer Walters, attorney, right. and then She-Hulk is just a cartoon character, entirely animated. Isn't Jennifer Walters the name of the mom from Arrested Development? Uh, Jessica Walter was oh. the was was Lucille Bluth. Oh, is is Lu So are they the same person? You mean despite uh, one being fictional and one being real, and them having different names? Yes, and one being dead and one having a new TV show. Correct. Other than those three things, you're confused about whether this is the same person. Yes, you still haven't answered my question. Yes, it's the same person. Good. So uh, the show's also going to feature Mark Ruffalo, Tim Roth, and Benedict Wong, all reprising their MCU roles as Hulk, Abomination, and Wong. I, I saw people uh, on the internet comparing, uh, like, why didn't they make her uh, look like Gamora or something like that? Because Gamora... Uh, Zoe Saldana looks uh, sick as hell with that green makeup. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a little cartoonish, but uh, 
yeah, maybe maybe there's still some tweaking to do. Uh, well, they're you know. definitely. I mean, the show's not out until August, so they're definitely going to, uh, you know, futz with it over the summer, and there'll be time to sharpen these things up a little bit. But it is surprising to put a trailer out there. I thought it was pretty noticeable, even versus the other Disney Plus shows. This felt a little like undone, like a little, a little bit more animatic. Than- you felt it. You thought it felt like Amazon's Undone, the rotoscope yes. show. Yes, I was like, is that Rosa Salazar? Oh no, it's She-Hulk. I, I mean, I, you know, like I, we'll 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 see when the show comes out. I, I I gotta be honest. After Moon Knight, I'm starting to feel like. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I need to be watching all of these the moment they go up online anymore. These, these don't necessarily oh, feel like they're all Marvel for me TV fatigue has set in I'm for starting long. To, yeah, it's starting to wear me down. Like, but I feel like What If was the first one where I was like, I don't need to watch this every. Week. Oh, and I now, skipped it. And now Moon Knight, and now this one. I'm just like, hey, it's too much. I, I still like seeing the movies. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm a, and I got to watch them eventually for honest trailers. So it's really, it's not a question of, am I ever going to watch She-Hulk? I have to. It's, am I going to watch it week to week as it comes out? Or will I just wait until I marathon it and write jokes about it for honest trailers? That's really the only question. Right, right. Uh, yeah, it's not the must-see viewing it was because we realized it can be a, a, a little bit hit and miss. Sometimes the storytelling is better from series from series to series. Um, and even, you know, I'm I almost started to feel this way with, uh, you know, just to expand the conversation ever so slightly to with the Star Wars show shows. Um, I almost disembarked from Boba Fett, but then got back on board only when they brought the Mandalorian in to save the show and and baby Grogu. Uh, otherwise, I thought Boba Fett was really suffering, and um, I, and I was having some uh, fatigue with that show. So, it's it's not as perfect a mixture. It doesn't work every time. I agree. Uh, so we'll 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 see. August seventeenth, that one arrives. I'm sure there'll be lots more yelled about it. I, I will say though, uh, th- it it looked fun aside from those elements. Uh, well, you're just here for fun. But the house just—I just want to have a nice time. He's just house just want to have fun. All I want to do is uh, have some fun till the sun comes up over Santa Monica Boulevard. Did you know that she didn't? That, that that's a poem that she didn't write. That what? Cheryl Crow. Uh, Cheryl Crow. There's there's uh, a poem called plagiarist. Fun. There's it's not play. I mean, she credit if you look in the liner notes of the album, she credits the poem. I just it's like her most famous song, and it was she didn't write the words. It was another. It was a poem that existed before. She just said it to music. Oh, you know uh, what? She's just I like Melania so Trump. Ma- Melania Trump what? with that Michelle what? Obama speech, plagiarism. That's that's. I, I don't know if I would go there. be best. I just I thought that was I thought that was interesting, and that's why it's so it's so like weirdly specific. You know, there's all these like names and locate like it's not like other Cheryl Crow songs. Anyway. Uh, Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren, they're going to co-star in the next Yellowstone prequel series, 1932. Now, how you'll remember, 1883 was the previous Yellowstone prequel series. That was about the Dutton family moving west and expand, you know, manifest destiny, mm-hmm. moving to Montana, starting a ranch with, or whatever. With Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott, Sam who, who will not, who he does not have time for gay cowboys. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, and then so that that you had that one, and that I think this is going to be like that one, where it's like a limited series. We're not gonna. This isn't like it's going to go on for eight seasons. Like eighteen eighty three is done. Oh, Sam Elliott has moved on to the next straight cowboy project. Yes, and so now we're going to get like this one off in nineteen thirty two. It's going to be the Dutton family still living in the Mountain West, and you know prohibition. Great Depression, historic drought, dramatic time in the country's history. Oh, uh, so, oh indeed. Tom Joad, Grapes of Wrath. That's a little further to the south, but yes, the same period of history, you are correct. And, uh, you know, th- this is, it's all Paramount Plus's attempt. They don't have the streaming rights to Yellowstone. Yellowstone airs on the Paramount Network. Paramount makes it, but it streams on Peacock because of a pre-existing licensing deal. Yep. And so this is their attempt to like, well, we got to give you some kind of Yellowstone content. 
we want you to join, you know, the Yellowstone cinematic universe. So this is their attempt to like keep some kind of Yellowstone thing on Paramount Plus. Uh, there you go. There you go. Uh, And so Harrison. There I go. There I go again. (laughs) On your own. What's my weakness? It's men. Men. Okay then. (laughs) Come on. You were were saying. I'm sorry to interrupt with the lyrics to shoot. So Harrison Ford is not playing any of his famous characters like Han Solo or um, Dr. Indiana Jones in this. Dr. Henry Jones Jr. I mean, Indiana Jones was kind of the the adventurer nickname. I don't, I don't, I don't know if you go Doctor Indiana Jones. His PhD doesn't say Indiana Jones on it. It's Henry Jones Jr. Please, a little decorum on our podcast. And Helen Mirren is not playing the mother of Eckerd Shaw. Deckard Shaw. Deckard Shaw. <laughs> Queenie. Her name's Queenie. Queenie. Uh, I don't believe so. I believe oh, she's playing Queen Elizabeth II. Oh, but how great would an Indian Queenie series be? <laughs> Damn it, Queenie. You didn't tell me there was going to be snakes. <laughs> yeah, hang on. There's like very geriatric archaeologists. <laughs> yeah, Red. Yeah, like, well, yeah, uh, is, is, wait, is this Red 3? This, uh, this temple doesn't have enough places to sit down. I, like, kill him. Oh, they didn't have shut a... your mouth and give me some champagne. Wait, so she's playing Queenie Shaw? I don't. I'm. I've lost the thread. I've lost the thread of this. That, see, I just want to see that. Why is Queenie Shaw in a temple? She's a thief. She's a jewel thief. She's uh, not and a, she's not a treasure hunter. There's a very fine line between jewel thief and treasure hunter, Lon. There's and not the, at all. Then diagram not, often crosses over. There's there's literally no. Well, who who's a famous jewel thief that also uh, is an archaeologist? Uh, I don't know. Thomas yeah. Crown? You don't know. No, Thomas <laughs> First of all, Thomas Crown, art thief, Hal. Art thief. Not okay, they're va- again, a very fine line. Hey, very famously stealing paintings, that Thomas Crown. All I'm saying is these guys are in it for the score. And if you presented a jewel thief with um and 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 like some some an an uh you know jewel thieves, it's like that you know cat burglar all in black sneak into the museum after hours. Like that's the jewel, or like go to the fancy party but then sneak away into the room at the back with the safe. Like that's I, the jewel thief. It's not Laura Croft going to like an Aztec temple and like solving a puzzle to like open a secret room. These are these are you're getting your tropes very mixed up here. I think I would posit that depending on the size of the score, you might get a jewel thief in on the job uh, in an archaeological. This is uh, why. I would not hire Hal to write your next Red Notice, Netflix. (laughs) It's going to be very confusing. No, but we would listen. We'd address it. Like, you know, (laughs) uh, Jason Statham would be like, you know, I'm more of a Jew thief than a cave robber. And be like... A cave? I think... I think... I think I I can rest my case after the phrase cave robber. What? It rhymes with grave robber? (laughs) Cave robber. It's... How can you rob a cave? You just described Laura Croft going into a cave. That's raiding. That's not robbing. You can't. It's a cave. It doesn't belong to anybody. Who owns a cave? Are the Goonies robbing that cave? No, they're just excavating. Who owns a tomb? The person who's buried in it, Hal. You know what? (laughs) Tell us in the comments. Could you see a jewel thief going on to rob some antiquities? I think a jewel thief could rob some antiquities. I'm just, who owns a tomb? Like, well, I don't know. So many different stakeholders in in a tomb, really. There's the... Because, like, you know... There's the... uh, There's the uh, the person who's buried in the tomb. He's dead. There's also the... The person who's buried in the tomb. And then there's also the person whose tomb it is. And then there's also the... The person the tomb's named after. Like, oh, wait, that's all the same. A tomb is made to honor a person. So, But who you, owns if you, it? If you, the, the person. Because if you if you rob the tomb, you're, 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 you're stealing from that person. It's how, that would be how we colloquially think of it. Oh, yeah. so is King Tut going to take me to court? Yeah. 
And as a mummy, that's the whole concern. This is the primary who's gonna, concern. Who's going to be his proxy, Steve this Martin? This is really the main reason we're not all constantly raiding uh, Egyptian tombs is there's that whole curse of the mummy deal. I don't want to is... get turned... I don't want to get turned into Jake Johnson or whatever happens to Tom Cruise in that movie. It's been a few years. That is scary, and that is real. It's very, very real. If you take one thing away from today's show, folks, make it that the mummy is real. Uh, let's move on. Matt Duffer told The Wrap that Stranger Things Season 4 going to have extra deluxe super long episodes. Most episodes are going to top an hour in length, plus episodes 7 and 9 this season. He describes them as more akin to movies with a season finale that's over two hours long. Gross. That's a lot, that's Gross. A lot of Stranger Things. Season 4 is going to be cut up into two halves. Part 1 debuts later this month, May 27th. Now, bear in mind, this is not the last season of Stranger Things. This no. is the This is the penultimate season. There's going to be a season 5 after this season. And even after that, the Duffers have sort of hinted that there will be spinoffs or sequels, some other show in the Stranger Things verse, even though these kids are, are too old to go back and do the original show anymore. They are. They're so old. Uh, uh, Eleven, I saw Eleven on the red carpet. She yeah. looks like a 47-year-old divorcee. <laughs> she looked the way she was made up with, with her uh, two-tone blonde streaks and her makeup and her squinting eyes. Uh, looking in the cameras. Listen, I don't want to shame a child. She's yeah, she's eighteen years kinda... old. She's eighteen years old, so I'm going to shame a young adult. Uh, she looked like a forty-seven-year-old divorcee out there. All these right. ki the kids these days growing up too fast. Uh, well, that was troubling, but I agree with the general sentiment that the Stranger Things kids are are aging up, and so <laughs> we 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 are we got limited time left with them. I feel like this is too much Stranger Things, me personally. Like I don't. I'm not against there being more Stranger Things. Like, let's wrap this story up. I like Stranger Things. Mm -hmm. But, like, do do you feel like episodes need to be this long and there needs to be this much left? Let, I want to go back to these kids on the red carpet. You want to go back to sexy children. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. No, I didn't not mean sexy. To, not I didn't sexy. mean to move away from how sexy and mature you found these teens. Let's go. No, let's no, no. I'm saying I don't like their outfits. I did not sex. I am too sexy. Too sexy. I, no, 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 no. Not, not at sexy all. enough. No, I, 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 you know what? I, I did not even put sexy in the equation. So what? What is? What don't you like about the Stranger Kids outfits? Because I don't understand. Uh, you know, everybody, all everyone's out there dressed like Harry Styles. Uh, the, who's the kid with the uh, who's the kid with the uh, with missing the who's who with missing teeth? No, no, keep going. Describe him. Which which kid do you mean? Curly I hair, no the curly hair, and the missing. I teeth. I still don't. I still don't get it. I don't know who you mean. Keep going. I mean, it's it's get. You're talking about Gaten Matarazzo. He plays Dustin. He plays yes, Gaten Matarazzo. Like he was dressed like a clown. I'm. You know what? I just come, don't no, understand. No, keep going, Mr. Blackswell. What else? What else have you got for us? Finn Wolfhard, uh, you know. Who, who is, who, give us your best and worst dressed of the Stranger Things cast. Okay, the best, best dressed. Um, the, the outfit looked sharp and modern. Uh, the, uh, the kid who is the, uh, the dungeon master. Who, who, uh. I'm not helping you anymore. You, okay. You gotta learn, you gotta, no, I'm kidding. It's, uh, I believe, I believe you're talking about, uh. I actually don't know. It's not Mike, right? Finn Wolfhard, Mike Wheeler. He's not the dungeon master, right? No. Is it Jonathan? Is it is it Will Byers? Is it the yes, kid who gets Will it? Byers? That's the Noah. Kid. Noah Schnapp. Noah Schnapp is Will Byers. Uh, that kid looks sharp. Finn Wolfhard looked trying a little too hard to look like Harry Styles, and uh, Gaten Matarazzo like just looking like a two toned clown out there. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, Hal rates the Stranger Things kids' fashion sense. Please hire me as your Hollywood stylist. Yeah, you should be out there for E, really, on, on the carpet, I feel like. You know what? You know what? Joan, Joan Rivers is no longer with us. Pair, pair me with Melissa Rivers, and we will, oh, we will take them to task. Yeah, all right. 
This this well, what a what a great segment this turned out to be. How <laughs> Hal's thoughts on celebrity fashion. I think we should make this a recurring segment. I don't like that the new episodes are gonna be so long. Oh, we got thoughts on we got thoughts on uh, the actual TV show content. What yeah, you know, come folks? on, keep it an hour. What do you know, folks? I mean, they were. I feel like forty-five minutes is like that's the ideal, right? Like I don't. It doesn't even need to be an hour. When I press pause, which I often do, I often press only pause. to rate the outfits, only to dish on the outfits with person sitting with you. Oh, absolutely. Like, what is she wearing? True story. But when this I try every week, I'm like, what should we watch? And how's like Emily and Paris? And I'm like, how? I don't want to watch Emily and Paris. What else you got? Uh, and, and then I'll say Project Runway again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't want to see. I don't want to see uh, like 45 minutes left. On uh, on the timeline, when I press pause, when I'm hoping for 20 minutes left. Exactly. I I, I, I totally agree. That's. I think it's time. I think it's time to move on. We got a lot, a lot of clothes here still to discuss. Uh, a new season of Black Mirror finally in the works over at Netflix. Casting apparently underway for the show's sixth season. Like season five, gonna not be that many episodes, but they will all be. And I quote here cinematic in scope so there you go been a long time coming it's the rights to black mirror are convoluted the charlie brooker and annabelle jones who produce it their company has an overall deal with netflix they do those like death to 2021 specials at the end of the year yes uh so uh broke and bones that's the name of their company so they're They've had a deal going with Netflix for a while, so people have been like, where's more Black Mirror? But there's a lot of other European companies that own a chunk of it that you've got to make deals with separately before you can do a new I season. enjoyed the latest uh, season of Black Mirror that uh, uh, you might know as Severance. hey I mean, you know, yeah, like a, a Black Mirror-ish concept, sure. Lon, let me ask you this. So when they say yeah. these episodes are going to be all cinematic in scope, does I that— I mean, I think that's similar to, like, the last season, you know, like Bandersnatch or that one at the museum where they're, like— Yes. More meaty, meatier topics than just, like, the— So they're going to be long, like Stranger Things. Yeah, but there's fewer of them. I mean, I feel like, one, it's an anthology. So each I one kind of lives and dies on its own. And two, there's only three or four per season. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't feel like, oh, now we've got like a 10, 12, 15-hour Stranger Things season. It's still, you know, one season is is still three, four hours. Can I give you a little pro tip? Uh, and, and to our listeners, a, a, a little pro tip about streaming? Please. Now... If you're watching an extra long episode, let's say you get a little bit drowsy and like your eyes are uh-huh. starting to close on you. We've all been there. I think we can all relate to this. Am I right, folks? You can shut it off and then pick it up again the next day. That's a pro tip. Life oh, hack. Wow. Life hack. <laughs> all right. Maybe, you know what? I, I If you don't have, I, I think we should give everybody a second. We'll stop talking. If you want to go get a notepad so you could write that down. Get a notepad. I know some of you, some of you might be on your Peloton about to suffer a cardiac arrest. Some of you might be, you know, somewhere you don't have a pen handy. Take a moment, write down this gem from how Pull Hal. over the car. Pull over pull over. Pull over traffic. the bus. Pull over the subway train. Take a note. You can pause. I it's not pause. You can stop a program, shut down your entertainment system. Go take a nap or or, or some rest, or a and then full come back later. Sleep. Or, or a full, full night's sleep. sleep. You could get also, a full night's sleep. Let me give one more pro tip. If if you if you're like, oh, I gotta go get my pen, and I'm uh, I I don't want to miss the podcast. You can pause the podcast. Wow, you're full full of wisdom today. These are how I've got a pro tip for you. Yeah, when you're on your couch and you're enjoying a streaming show on your home entertainment center, mm-hmm. uh, you maybe put on some kind of pants or some sort of garment. It's over, my home. Just because that's a couch, and other people are gonna want to come sit there. So I I I've been waiting for an opportunity to <sighs> work this in as a recommendation. 
my home, my rules. I just, as somebody who's been to your home many times, we can see the outline of where you sit on your couch when yeah, you're I, by yourself. I, and I say, oh, that's my spot. That's my spot. Okay. All right. I, I thought I thought maybe this would be a great, we'll, we'll take this offline. We can talk oh. about this. Later. Vanity Fair has a lengthy cover story. I was going to segue into this before because you started talking about Star Wars, but then I was mm. like, I, I got I got distracted. Somehow I got distracted. So we're going to talk about it now. Sure. Uh, lengthy cover story about uh, Star Wars. Anthony Bresnikan looking ahead at the future of Star Wars shows on Disney Plus. Spoke with Kathleen Kennedy of Lucasfilm about their plans. Uh, we get, you know, obviously the next Star Wars show, Obi-Wan on May 27th. Then yes. we've got Andor later this summer. Then we've got Ahsoka coming next year. The, brief, the piece briefly also discusses The Acolyte. That's the one from uh, Leslie Headland, the Russian doll creator. Yes. That's coming, but that's way down the road. We're 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 a year maybe or or more away from that. Okay. That is interestingly set a century prior to the Skywalker era. So that's one of the things Kathleen Kennedy was talking about a bunch of this piece is that they're they're gonna have to start to move away from the core timeline and characters that have made up most Star Wars to this date because the lesson that she drew from Solo, the the relative poor box office performance of Solo, mm -hmm. was that fans don't like it when you recast. Like that, she felt like the thing that went wrong with Solo was people didn't like Alden Ehrenreich coming in as the character when mm -hmm. he's so identified with Harrison Ford. So she's saying, because we can't recast all these roles, we're gonna have to go outside the Skywalker era to keep the franchise going. I, that that that's proved a controversial thing to say online. I don't know if I believe that's why people didn't go see Solo. Mm -hmm. And I think that the Star Wars prequels, I mean, Obi-Wan we talked about, those are recast roles. Like Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor weren't our original Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi. True, true. So if, if that was the issue, then I think that that would have been a problem. Like, where's Alec Guinness? But I don't know if you could have one without the other. So what I'm saying is um, we didn't realize it helped us to realize that we want the OG cast members so much by having the taste of the new in the prequels. I feel like, you, you know, you kind of had to have that step to make us realize like, oh, man. All I want is a little bit of old school Luke and Leia. I just feel like Solo was a, a infamously troubled production. Yes, they, fired they the, switched directors midstream. And, they, and, and they, they went, it wasn't just that they switched directors. They went from a beloved, like among the specific community that they were aiming for, Lord and Miller are yes. like, do no wrong, beloved figures. And they, oh, yeah. they fired them and then they brought in Ron Howard, who is not seen as that kind of a figure. An old hand, friend of the studio Exactly. <laughs> and I think that that was a big factor in why people were maybe a little more muted. And also, yes. I just don't think Solo's very good. Like, I think Solo's a disappointing movie. It's a, yeah, it's adequate. It's merely adequate. And I think word of mouth undermined it a lot too, that people just weren't as into it. Uh, anyway. That, that's that's a lot of the debate that's going on is like, I don't know if I agree with Kathleen Kennedy there, but having said that, I'm very glad that we're moving away from everything has to be about one of the same five characters or yes. everything has to be on Tatooine. Like, I do think we should move on. She also indicates that the planned films from Taika Waititi and Patty Jenkins, those are still on the books. They're still official. They're still theoretically happening, but it doesn't seem like anything is immediately moving forward on them. Gotcha. So it's hard to yeah. say when they'll be out. Lovely pictures in that Vanity Fair article, by, by the way. But they were, uh, some of them looked so, the, the colors so muted. I, I couldn't tell if I was looking at Star Wars pictures or uh, uh, set photos from Ozark. Have you seen the, the blue and green color scheme. There, Annie, Annie Leibovitz uh, took those photos. Yes, yes, famed photographer, celebrity and Vanity Fair photographer, Annie Leibovitz. It, uh, it uh, made those Star Wars uh, 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 kids look like they, uh, they're straight out of uh, Ozark or uh, the other Jason Bateman uh, project, The Outsider. Am I looking at uh, uh, Darth Maul or El Cuco? Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> A question I'm always asking myself. Who would? Who are you scared more of? I mean, I, Darth Maul's not scary. 
I, and I know we're going to get, oh, the cartoon guys are going to be like, oh, he comes back. Uh, oh, half of him survived and comes back as a robot and fights Obi-Wan for yes. the spice. Or I don't know. I don't give a shit. Uh, and there's the, the, a lot of buildup in that first movie that he gets, uh, you know, slashed in half. True, true. Last, that, last, less than one movie. Uh, that El Cuco. Ooh, scary. I mean, you don't know who he is. He could be coming from anywhere. You don't know what oh, El Cuco man. looks like. Very spooky. Yeah. Very I'm spooky. Going, I'm going El Cuco. Uh, Netflix announced a new series of comedy roasts. They're calling The Greatest Roast of All Time, or Groat for short, G-R-O-A-T. Not not a thing. I don't know why you would put that in your Close title. Close to groat, goat, so they're calling it but groat. But it's not... Close but groat, to is, but that, but there's no, there's John O. Groats, a restaurant here in Los Angeles, but I've never heard the word groat. It sounds dirty. It sounds like I got, I took a, I took a really hard golf ball to the groat, and now Ooh, I can't walk right. Right in the groat. Yeah. <laughs> there was a comedy like. duo, like a, a, a hip hop comedy duo or trio that had videos on Funny or Die in the mid two thousands, or uh, called Buckwheat Groats. Buckwheat Groats. Buckwheat. Groats. Yes. <laughs> Do we like that? But what was that old Johnny Carson bit where he would hold uh, the? Oh yes, uh, the, like the Karnak, psychic. the magnificent. Karnak, Karnak. Mm. Thank you. Uh, mm. Like he'd uh, shake the envelope yeah. and it's like uh, a, uh, a um, roach. A, yes. Mm, yeah. A uh, a a uh, a balloon and a golf club. Uh, Are you trying to think of a the, Karnak joke in real yeah, time? Yeah. No, Is I'm that, not. How, how's it. that working out? Not good. Not well. <laughs> Karn. I was just trying to think of the name. Karnak. That's yeah. He used to wear like Karnak a big, the like Magnificent. A, yeah, like a big like psychic. Uh, you know, out of fedora. Yeah, like a big psychic, like a turban. Yeah, like a like an offensive. Like like today you would not do this. Yeah, he he's appropriating some. He's, yeah, he's it's like shaming. gypsy. He's appropriating a Romani culture. Yes. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. Netflix announced a new series of comedy roasts called The Greatest Roast of All Time, or Grote. I don't know why Grote. The first subject, Tom Brady. But they're not going to record it until after this coming NFL season. Uh, I guess if they, you know if he does a bad job, they can make fun of him. Like I, it would. I, I think a timeliness thing. You wouldn't want to roast Tom Brady now because you want to know how he's going to do in the coming football season. I guess is the thinking here. I mean. The, the guy's the guy's resume is written. He is um, he's going to be on Groat. He's already the goat. He's I I, I think you. Well, could I just roast mean like why now. you'd wait a year to film it because you don't want to record it now and then it's out of date immediately because there's a whole football season yet to play. I suppose I suppose, but there's already such a body of work you could. Yeah, I mean we all know what they're and they're you know it's one of those things where the press release was already calling him like Mr. Giselle Boonshin or what you know like it's. Yeah. It's one of those things where all the marketing is going to be like, we're roasting Tom Brady, folks, you on board. But, of course, they were, not, you know, they're gingerly roasting Tom Brady, not, not yeah. really going for the jugular. They're like, not going to hit him for being a deadbeat dad to, to so his far, first wife and kid. What, what's her name? Anyway, uh, so this is interesting. Here's the part that I thought was interesting. This is only the first of a multi-roast deal they signed with Tom Brady. So he's on board for like the concept. He's going to produce a bunch of these. I'm I'm presuming there's going to be some kind of role for him in upcoming ones. Like he'll be on the dais for other roasts or that. That's what I'd imagine. I mean, why else would you pay Tom Brady to stick around? Oh. I mean, is he going to be uh, out there like, uh, you know, Peyton Manning just getting in front of the camera that much more? Well, he already Tom Brady signed a high profile Fox Sports deal. Yeah. I was going to say that this is on top mm. of his Fox Sports deal after he's done playing football, whenever that may be. He's and become there's a- already a movie in production called 80 for Brady, where a bunch of this is true. A bunch of octogenarians are on a road trip to watch their matinee idol favorite, Tom Brady. Yeah, that is true. That is that is actually a real sports comedy film coming out. Yeah. Tomlin, Jane Fonda. Sally oh, Field, and you get Bridget Moynihan. Bridget Moynihan was. Yeah. Ah, there you go. So yeah, I feel like we're seeing. Yes, he's he's starting to, he's starting to line up his post NFL career media. He, he's got his lifestyle brand TB12, selling selling supplements, taking a page out of the Alex Jones <laughs> book. Yeah, you know that's big big money in supplements. 
And then lastly, Hal, Deadline, according to Deadline, Netflix is going to start live streaming some unscripted shows oh. and stand-up specials. Uh, we're we're probably first going to see this on reality Ooh. competition shows. So like, there's a new there's a new one from the Circle producers called Dance 100. That's like a so you think you can dance competition that will probably go live and then. You know, viewers will be able to call in, support who they like, vote for they who they think should be the winner. So Netflix is going to start doing that. They may start doing reality show reunion specials live, like Selling mm. Sunset Season 5's reunion might go live. And then stand-up, the idea would be, you know, next year when Netflix is a joke is going on, right. a big comedy festival, they could maybe live stream some of those sets. Like if there's a big night going on at this venue or that, it could just be live on Netflix when it happens. Ah, yeah, it seems like everybody is getting into the the live, airing live on the streamer game. Yeah, we're, we're starting to see, well, you know, like, uh, I believe it is So You Think You Could Dance is moving from uh, ABC over to Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, and a lot of the, the streaming services, they're going to start having first-run reality shows, first-run award shows, first-run content that we're used to seeing live. And so all of them are starting to figure that out. And then the big, like, next thing up on the horizon for all of them, including Netflix, is sports. Like, live sports is Hulu about has live sports. to... Well, they uh, most of them do at some point. Like, Peacock has a lot of sports. Paramount Plus gets all the CBS sports go to Paramount Plus. So already that's becoming a big deal, but it's about to become an even bigger deal. Have you deal. seen those commercials for Hulu? Yes, I know. I know what you're referring to. Yes. Yes, Hulu has live sports. They've re- they their advertising worked on me so well that I just want to say it over and over again. Hulu has live sports. But I don't know why they really invested so much money in uh Cleveland Brown quarterback Baker Mayfield and now he's getting jettisoned out of out of Cleveland because they uh they tra- uh, they traded for this guy who has 22 allegations against him, Deshaun Watson. Anyway, that's Sports Talk with Hal. You can hear more of that nonsense behind the Patreon wall. When we introduce uh, live-streamed binge boys, you can call in and talk to Hal about his football opinions. But for now, I don't I don't have anything. Oh, man, I got taken to the cleaners in my fantasy league this year. I'm going to get started. That. That's the news, Hal, the streaming oh, and sports. What, oh, what a, journey, what a journey it was. Yeah, really. Oh, coming up right around the bend, there's another Star Trek show, and we're going to talk about it. Lon, how many Star Trek shows are there? Off the top of your head, how many have there been? Starting with the original, uh, uh, William Uh, Shatner, Gene Roddenberry. I'm going to guess it's got to be close to 10 at this point. Oh, boy. I mean, well, I'll, I'll look up and get the real answer, but that would be my that would be my guess. I, I'm taxed just thinking let's about. Let's go it. through. We'll 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 go through them. They're the right. original series. You got Next Generation. You've got Deep Space Nine. You've got Voyager. You've mm. got Enterprise. You've got Discovery. You've got yeah. Picard, and you've got Strange New Worlds. Now that's eight. Yes. But then add in the animated series, Lower Decks, and Prodigy, and yes. that's 11. So I was one off. It's 11. The answer is 11. Oh, wow. I, I guess 10. Strange New Worlds, the one we're about to review, makes it 11. Wow, wow, wow. And then all the movies and everything. I, you know, listen, to each their own, I, I, it, it, it's hard. I don't completely dislike it, but there's just so much of it. It's a little... I'm a little overwhelmed simply thinking about it. Well, you I only asked you to watch one of them, not 11. So well, I See, when you asked me to watch it, I took it as watch every Star Trek and every Doctor Who. Wow, that's a lot. That that I understand that that was a lot to get through. Otherwise, I would feel like you're just kind of whining and that doesn't really have anything to do with the can, show, but now that you've explained, I feel like it makes sense. Can I tell you a funny happenstance? Um, sure. That I like funny happenstance. Completely coincides with what we're talking about right now. It's not even a. It's not even a crazy tangent. It's only a sl- slight tangent. So I just so happened before viewing the first episode of Strange New Worlds, which you can watch on Paramount Plus, where we're talking about Strange New Worlds, the the Star Trek prequel uh for, to the original series the original 1960s series strange new worlds it's a prequel on paramount plus uh i was watching um 
a little, I was watching some old original Star Trek this weekend, and maybe it's because the uh, Strange New World was in the offing. I didn't even put it together, but there was, I watched an episode called The Menagerie this weekend, and it happened to be about Captain Pike and the horrors that befell Captain Pike that is that are talked about in this very first episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Because in this, I'm not going to give too much away about it, but uh, Captain Pike has a vision of his demise. He has a vision of his... This uh, happened what, in season two of Star Trek Discovery. That he was on a mission. He encountered yeah. this out of radiation or something that gave him this vision of his own future yes. at some point in the future. And he's he's figured out the you know like when it, roughly when it might happen. But and you know. in the original series in the episode Menagerie in season two, uh, Mister Spock is on trial for uh, for for potentially kidnapping Pike. Whereas uh, Pike was um, injured in this horrific thing that we see. So I just was so thrilled. So as a companion piece to watching the first episode of uh, Strange New Worlds, I would suggest you seek out uh, the episode called The Menagerie from the original 1960s series. I was so pleased that I was able to make that reference and like really having seen that. And it's true to the original series. So that was very gratifying. I And it only happened totally out of, like, happenstance. Juan? Uh, hmm. Uh, what did you think about uh, Captain <laughs> Pike and Rebecca Romaine and... Uh, I, I, I enjoyed this. I, I mean, I think that uh, with, starting with Deep Space Nine, Star Trek started to become more like a modern like peak TV show where it's like long overarching story arcs. Like if you watch Picard, yes. which I did, it's a, it's a modern show. It's like a whole season to tell one long story that there's twists and turns. And, and uh, I, I like that this one is back to the original show's format. It, it feels very much like a reboot of the original series or of next generation where mm -hmm. they're on this, they're on an ongoing mission it's the USS Enterprise, and every episode is a different adventure. We're going to a different planet. We've got our cast that we know. They've got their own backstories and their little dramas. But like Next Generation, it really is like that That stuff takes a backseat to this week's adventure. What, what, what planet are we at now? What alien race are we meeting now? What's the story of this week? And I, I like that. I feel like that works better in general for Star Trek. I like where you're coming from here, Lon, because it's a little bit more like I can just put it on and there's less pressure to remember what happened or to like you can just jump in. That's what I love about the original. I, I love the camp of the original series. How could you not love Shatner and uh, Leonard Nimoy and the whole gang? And uh, so I love jumping in on a singular episode. So that's something I enjoy about it. Also, you know, one lovely thing about Star Trek that Gene Roddenberry did, it uh, it is about bringing all people together. Earth is united. Oh my God, are we getting? Are we going woke? Oh geez, Star little, Trek is I mean, woke the, now, well, man. Oh boy, don't talk to me. Talk to them. Like this oh, is man. like it is very. Th this is a very woke show USS Enterprise used to be just white men heroic <laughs> white men saving the galaxy I don't know where um, you're getting this stuff from it is uh, <laughs> uh, but like I feel like that's on display and I like that uh it maybe it's a little heavy-handed like you you literally had scenes of January 6th in the show that's the world ripping off Star Trek not the other way around the idea that uh, in order to create the utopian future of the Star Trek universe, we had to have like a devastating third world war that very nearly wiped out humanity. That's yes. that's always been part of Star Trek lore. They're not they didn't add that for this show. We just happen to have a current life imitating we, we, yeah, art. We just happen to have current political footage that lines up with the future Star Trek has always 
warned us about. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> devastating and unfortunate. Yeah. World War Three <laughs> definitely always part of the Star Trek vision of the future. And I mean, that was that's part of, you know, people, I think sometimes the temptation is to talk about any kind of utopian sci-fi, but especially Star Trek, as like, uh, you know, juvenile or like, well, that's obvious. It's overly optimistic. That's obviously, mm-hmm. obviously we're not going to head into like a utopian society. And that's one of the ways I think that <clears throat> it was always a little bit grounded. It was like, well, this isn't just going to happen because like we invent our way there. This is going to be like, no, no, we almost died. Like right. the world was very nearly destroyed. And then people were like, oh, we should maybe get rid of money. That might work better. Uh, there's no money. In, by the, there's no money in Star Trek. They, you know, they don't they they progress beyond it, except the Ferengi. I don't know how that works. The Ferengis have money. Oh yeah, the, the a couple observations. Uh, they they make it very clear that Captain Pike and Mister Spock both bone. They're both into they both they're both they're, no. they're both into doing lovemaking. To not outside of Ponfar. What what what? Ponfar. Pon Ponfar is the Vulcan mating ritual. Come on, Hal. All I know is in this first episode, you've got postcoital Spock and Pike. There, that that marriage was arranged. They have arranged marriages on planet Vulcan. Listen, call it. I think it you're what misreading you, that scene a little bit. Call it what you will, but you had postcoital Pike and Spock. Pike to start the show. Spock after the credits, in in the the, the opening credits that came after the cold open. So. All I'm know all, all I'm knowing is that they are boning. And then one more thing. Here's a this is a weird gripe that I. Why is every alien race essentially human with one little glitch, with one little uh, switcheroo? Because, because Star Trek originated in the 1960s on a TV budget, and they didn't have like, what are they gonna do? Like, oh, this guy's made of. Pure gas. <laughs> That's what I want. You just gave me what I they wanted. They had like, okay, we've got an actor and we and then, have an hour to put him in some makeup. Maybe his face has some wrinkles in it. <laughs> like you're very practical. I appreciate the answer. Uh, but uh, Because then it begs questions for me. I start asking in my mind's eye, wait, so everyone is created in the image of God or what is the universe? I'm well, asking- good. You're supposed to ask questions like that while you watch Star Trek. Oh, all right. So I, good. I, you know what? They Call did me their a convert. Job. Call they me a convert. They did their job. They Call did. me a convert. All right. Uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is available on Paramount+. Plus. Uh, if you're interested, if you don't sign up for Paramount Plus, you can watch the first episode for free. That's what Hello. I did, folks. Uh, what a cheap bastard you I are. I know, I know. That's why you don't know about the Vulcan mating ritual of Ponfar, because you don't pay for Paramount Plus. Oh, uh, you know what? You keep talking like that. I'll put a Vulcan death grip if on you. If you learn just one thing from our podcast, if you take one thing away from the podcast today, it should be that the secret of Vulcan mating ritual is known as Ponfar. That's, do you remember when we reviewed these on Screen Junkies when they came out with those Star Trek fragrances? You don't remember this? We got no. a bunch of We got a bunch of superhero fragrances. This one company decided to start doing colognes and perfumes that were... Uh, like nerd scented, you know, for, yes. for the for the for the sophisticated nerd. And sure. so there was like a Black Widow perfume and an, and an Iron Man cologne or whatever. Oh, wow. But then there was another set that was like, here's the Captain Kirk set. Here's the here's the <laughs> here's the Klingon set. And then they, there was one. The Vulcan one was called Ponfar. If I was going to get an entertainment related perfume, it would be one of two. It would either be Sex Panther Mm-hmm. For you, it contains real bits of panther in it. Yeah. Yes, or Britney. What's that? Britney Spears. I mean, she probably does have her own fragrance. That's what I'm saying. If I was going to get. Oh, I thought you were going to make like a funny joke, like you would do on a podcast. Oh no! Um, sometimes yeah. I just like to just say things <laughs> that land with a thud. Got it. Uh, Folks, some, uh, believe we me. also watched. <laughs> we all. Oh yes, <laughs> you're on the receiving end of uh, yeah. most of it. Uh, uh, folks, we also watched Kids in the Hall. The Kids in the Hall are back we on did. Amazon. The Kids in the Hall are back on Amazon. And you know what? I watched about four episodes, and I was I really enjoyed a oh, lot. Oh, you of pay it. for Amazon Prime? Whoa, look at the look at the millionaire here. I mean, I want that delivery. I want yeah, that free delivery. Yeah, I see. I see how it is. All right, Bezos, he'll pay. 
So at this point, these guys are uh, in their 60s or so. And uh, I feel like they really embraced that. If you're a fan of the characters, they revisit many of their old characters and it's very satisfying. I thought they um, were aware of modernizing and, you know, uh, being uh, up to the times, but they weren't controlled by it. But it was also they allowed themselves to get that much more raw. Some of the kids in the hall are full frontal naked in this show. Uh, I, I, I felt like it, it wasn't uh, it wasn't like, oh, my old friends are coming back. I feel bad. I hope they're OK. No, they were they were very fun. There was a great spirit about it. If you're a kids in the hall fan. I would say watch it. If you're not, a, if you don't know from Kids in the Hall, I would say watch the old stuff, watch the new stuff. Uh, there's there's a lot of fun going on here. Uh, yeah, I thought it was great. It, it, it definitely feels like it, they they didn't just come back because it was a payday. They they had stuff they wanted to do. They had stuff to say. They've been gone long enough that they had new takes on these characters and these ideas. And so. Uh, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't just feel like another cash grab. It feels like a real new season of of Kids of the Hall that is up to the standard of the past seasons and was worth coming back to on its own. And, and I do, I do like that the sketches are obviously written with the knowledge that they're old guys now. And yes, we watch. I'm, I'm going to just jump in. I feel like there's a lot of connections between this and the next thing we're going to review. Yeah, I wanted to say one more thing about this. No, but I'm going to, yeah. I think we could go back and forth. I, I hear you. I, I had the same thought. Please. Okay. Uh, they're, they're both Canadian. The, 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 the Penta, the Pentaver, uh, now Pentaverate. you said it wrong. I don't think it is. It's the Pentaver, it's the Pentaverate. Thank you. You said it wrong and it got me. Mike yeah. Myers, Netflix Pentaverate. Uh, which is a show about um, a, a group of five men who control the world events, sort of like the Illuminati. It's also, it's Mike Myers coming back and he's yes. playing a lot of the big characters. It, it feels very much like a intentional Mike Myers coming up with a new Austin Powers style platform for him to clothesline all of his familiar kinds of comedy on it. But here's where I wanted, here's why I wanted to bring it yes. up. Yes. While the kids in the hall feels very much like they're coming in with a tremendous amount of self-awareness about we're these old white guys now and we're going to bring that view and that's how we're going to depict ourselves and that's the kind of characters we're going to play and that's how we're going to, that's the kind of commentary we're going to make with this comedy. And Mike Myers, it feels like he does not come in with an understanding that I look older, I am older, it changes my POV on the world, it changes how people see me, and he's trying to just redo Austin Powers or, like, his glory day. Like, he's trying to go back and just do a Mike Myers vehicle, and it does not work as well for that exact reason, that it's like, I, I like, an old guy doing dirty jokes, great, but it's got to be the self-awareness of I'm an old guy doing dirty jokes. Otherwise, you just seem like a creep. I, I felt similarly, like... I went in with very low expectations for the Pentaveret. And I will say this because it's like 26% on Rotten Tomatoes or something abysmal. And uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised that I didn't want to stab my eyes out. But the uh, to what Lon was saying, it does feel like he's not in on the joke sometimes. And I'll give you one perfect example. He references, so it's about, this Illuminati type cult and the Illuminati that runs the world. Uh, and but they're, it also but they're talks nice. about conspiracies. Yeah, they're Illuminati, but nice. They're trying to change the world for the better um, by manipulating it behind the scenes. There, There's a lot of talk about conspiracy theories and they bring up birds aren't real. And it just really irked me because birds aren't real is this fake um, send up of conspiracy theories, but the characters were talking about it. I don't know if he just liked the reference, but I really got stuck on that. And I feel like a lot of it is, you know, it's just the bit is that that character believes every conspiracy. So, uh, well, the, it didn't I seem like the they were in on it. So I think uh, this, no, the that character doesn't recognize that birds aren't real isn't real because he believes every conspiracy. What, but no one called him on birds aren't real. But would that have been funny if somebody was like, oh, that I one's don't. fake. That's the joke, is that he believes every conspiracy, even the ones that are hoaxes. Then I take back what I said, five stars. <laughs> 
I just, I don't get, uh, how else would the scene to play? Like, even, I'm sure, I'm not saying, I don't know if Mike Myers knows that birds aren't real, isn't real, but that's the only way the joke works, right? Or no? Because um, what if the other character had been like, oh, no, that one's fake? You would have been like, oh. Okay, it just, see, but it made me question. No, it's was not, he man. Or wasn't he, not, was he or wasn't he in on the joke? I, I do think, but, but I mean, to, to your point, I think, yeah. uh, it, 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 the, as, as satire, it lacks bite. So yeah. if you were to tell me in 2022, you're going to make a show about conspiracies and like there are references, that same character who references Birds Aren't Real references QAnon. And like, if you were going to make that kind of show now, you would think you would have to have stuff to say about why these conspiracies threat or what the appeal of them is. Or like, you're in a world where now you're revealing that the conspiracies are true. And it doesn't feel like he's got it doesn't feel like he's got anything to say about conspiracies. It really feels like this is a platform for Mike Myers jokes. And if you think about the kinds of jokes in Austin Powers, a lot of like wordplay or a lot of like visual gags, a lot of funny voices, a lot of catchphrases. It's scatological that, humor. It's, oh my God, so much bathroom humor in every character as like farting and burping and masturbating. And it's it's relentlessly like 90s SNL and that kind of sophomoric voice. Very much like a dad joke flavor, but where it's like hit or miss dad jokes that right. are coming at you. And like more miss than hit. And, and and so like to me, that was the, on watching this next to Kids in the Hall, it was like, Kids in the Hall, I just feel like there's a self-awareness that they have about here's where we fit into comedy today and here's where we can make our sort of, you know, like here's where we can get the most yeah. value out of who we are and our voice. And I feel like Mike Myers, it was just like, ah, what about I'll play 30 characters and now it's like a, I don't know, an Illuminati type thing. And it's really just ju just gags. Yeah, it, it and it doesn't improve the idea of like the, the Illuminati. It's like, because that's kind of well-trod territory. It had like an Illuminati, like, you know, reference in uh, Doctor Strange recently. And it, it I don't feel like, you know, the world is so big, like, I, I don't even, I, I don't completely buy, like, the way the Illuminati operates, uh, the way it's set up. So the show's a little bit unwieldy in that way. Whereas Kids in the Hall, it, it, as Lon was saying, it's it's done with so much more awareness and precision. And one thing I want to point out about Kids in the Hall and just, like, their standing in sketch comedy, they have I feel like they've always been that much more aware. I had the real pleasure of, when I was at Screen Junkies doing um, a lot more stuff, um, I got to work with Scott Thompson uh, from Kids in the Hall on uh, uh, Doug Benson's Pitch Off. And Scott Thompson... Um, he's a legend. He's one of the greats, member of Kids in the Hall, and one of the stars of one of my all-time favorite shows, uh, The Larry Sanders Show. And um, he is uh, not just a comedy icon, but he's also an, uh, an LGBTQ plus icon. He's a gay icon. And I feel like seeing him on, on Kids in the Hall when I was just a snot-nosed piece of shit in high school or whatever, uh, like it really kind of opened my eyes be like, oh, this guy's different and there's nothing wrong with that. And like, he's kind of just like, he is a trailblazer and he's true to that voice in this show, uh, in, the, in the new uh, uh, Kids in the Hall episodes. Like there's amazingly very funny uh, sketch about the last glory hole in Canada, the last glory hole in the world. Very funny. And also just true to that, aware and progressive vision that um, has always been at least part of Kids in the Hall. And not like hitting you over the head with like Kids in the Hall is woke. Oftentimes they're the opposite of that because they were just doing what they wanted. But um, whether they like it or not, they really just were uh, ahead of their time. And whereas SNL didn't have like openly like gay characters or, or uh, performers for and like other shows were not um, where Kids in the Hall was. So I, th I thought like that legacy is really cool uh, with Scott Thompson. So uh, yeah, Pentaveret is on Netflix. Not as, like, listen, it's not horrific, but it's not great. Kids in the Hall, 
great to see him in good form. And uh, Kids in the Hall, again, that's on Amazon. Juan, I think we've, uh, anything else? Do you want to? No, I think that's a show. That sounds like a show. That's a show, folks. That's a show. Uh, Hoot Hoot, Owl Nation, where my hooligans at. Starburns Audio, thanks for having us. Travis Reeves, thank you for producing this. Jason K, thanks for the opening song. Juan, uh, you want to tell them where they can find you? Oh, just find me on Twitter, at L-O-N-S. That's the best place to do it. And uh, let's check out my newsletter, inside.com slash streaming. I update it every day, all the news you hear here. Lots more news as well. Uh, it's free. I mean, the price is right. Huh? Uh, you can find me at Hal Rudnick on Twitter and Instagram. And if you are in the Los Angeles area, uh, so if, if this comes out uh, you know, before the weekend, uh, Saturday, May 21st, 10 p.m. at Dynasty Typewriter. We are doing the Tournament of Nerds. Come on down. Go to the Dynasty Typewriter uh, website, buy tickets. Also, the show will be live streamed. So wow. you Look can watch these nerd battles in the privacy of your own home. Is that going out. on on Peacock? Is that Peacock? Oh, no, those? no, it's 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 going to be live stream. You have to, you know, you have to sign up for the live stream and you can get it on YouTube. And oh. you can watch it in the privacy of your own home without pants if you want to on your special spot. If it's your couch and there's going to be other people who sit on that couch, I urge you at least put a towel down. That's what that how's that for a compromise? Live your life. Don't let Lon put his politics on push his politics on you. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you next time. Bye bye now. Bitch boys, bitch boys. Bitch boys, bitch boys. Bitch boys, bitch boys. Bitch boys, bitch boys. Bitch in the fuck out of shit.